Hello, and welcome into another episode of Jesus Does My Taxes, brought to you by Edwards Ingram CPAs and Advisors. We hope you have enjoyed our first couple of episodes. If you missed any, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, and you can listen to all of our episodes and get new ones downloaded directly to your mobile device. Uh, we've got Ryan Amarone here. Say hello, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, everyone? We've got Jeff Cheney over here. Good to talk to all of you again. Jeff Cheney's back. He's super excited to be here today with all Always of you. Always excited. Always excited. You could just hear the excitement in his voice. He is ready and raring to go for another episode of Jesus Does My Taxes. Uh, we got a good one for you here today. We really want to talk to you today about managing your business financials. And when we talk about managing our business financials, uh, we're talking high-level profitability. Is my business making money? Is my business achieving the goals that I wanted to achieve? Is my business providing for my family and then some? Is my business just paying my bills? Is my business barely breaking even and slowly eroding away? These types of things, I, I think uh, business owners don't look at their business financials in the right way. And how I want to attack that is by basically flipping the accounting equation upside down. There's a book out there. It's called Profit First. Some of you might be familiar with it. Some of you have read it. I really like the principles they teach. And essentially what they teach is a couple different metrics, net profit margin. So your profit margin, okay, is the percentage of profit that your business produces. If you have 5% net profit margin, Profit First teaches that your business is on life support. One bad turn of events like a pandemic could put you out of business. That means you're only generating 5% of profit on your gross revenue. So if your gross revenue is $100,000, that means you only have $5,000 in profit. If you're a million-dollar business, that's $50,000. And according to the Profit First book, that means your business is on life support. One really bad turn of events could really put you out of business. The book also teaches that 10% is a good business. So if you had a million dollars in gross sales, you would have $100,000 in net profit. Profit First teaches that this is a solid business. This is sustainable. This can turn a profit and provide for someone and provide for their family. The book also teaches that 15%, $150,000 on a million dollar business is outstanding. That's an exceptional business. And that's where we should all strive to be. Now, different industries have different way, you know, different standards. For instance, a service business might have a much higher net profit margin than a manufacturing business. So that is the blueprint, five, 10, and 15. So today I, I challenge business owners that are listening today, where are you at? And there's another key component to that equation that I think people leave out. Are you paying yourself a salary to cover your bills? I don't know about you, Jeff, but I didn't go into business to just pay my bills. Most business owners, Jeff, do they cover, do they, do they make more than their monthly bills? Not, not usually, or, or if they did, they certainly don't know it. Uh, most of them are just taking out enough to, enough to, I guess, 
make it through to the next month. Um, but you know what, that's, you know, whether you're a business owner or an employee, I, I know, um, I forget what the statistics are, but most employees are living paycheck to paycheck. Most business owners are living, you know, they're, they're, they're eyeballing their bank account constantly. So what's that bank balance? That's, that's like the number one, whenever I talk with business owners, I shouldn't say whenever, but usually when I talk with business owners, what do I hear them saying? Um, when I ask the question of, Hey, how's your business doing? Well, I have X amount of dollars in my bank account, so I'm doing okay. And, uh, that seems to be what everybody's focused on is the actual bank account number so that they know how much they can withdraw. That's the bank balance accounting, right? Ba right. Bank balance accounting. Bank balance accounting. So, so a lot of, a lot of people do that. They're like, all right, you know what? As long as I have 50,000 in my account, I'm okay. What, what I like to do is I, I, I sit down with business owners and I say, okay, so you, you got a million dollars in sales. What's your net profit margin after you paid yourself a salary that covers your bills and your living expenses? And for most business owners, what's left after that salary is very little. It's less than 5%. It's less than 10%. And that's, that's I, think the, the, I think that's the pandemic the true pandemic in small business America right now is because, because I don't know, I, I don't know about you guys, Ryan, Jeff, I didn't go into business to just cover my bills. I could just get a job. Well, let me, let me ask you this question. Yeah. All right. So, so you, you started this, you know, conversation off by talking about the book profit sense, right. And, um, and, and what profit sense has to say. And now we, we had a previous podcast. It was our first podcast actually, where we said, Hey, look, you know, be careful, be careful about reading all these other books because um, although they're good and they have some good merits to them, we don't want to rely solely on what these books say because these books have a habit of, of um, kind of steering you in a direction that can be worldly and not necessarily biblical. So, you know, as I'm hearing you talking about this, I'm thinking about like Proverbs 27, 23, which says, Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds for riches don't last forever. Right. So, so Proverbs was telling us that basically if you put this in the business sense, right, that we have to have, uh, I shouldn't say we have to have, but we, we should have a profitable professional business, but it's because we're being diligent with what we have. And, you know, what does that mean? Uh, definition of diligence is to be careful and be persistent, you know, and persistent work or effort. So as, as, Christians, we look to the Bible for where we get, you know, what we need to know. And then we could look at other books and, and sources, but at the end of the day, our foundation first is the Bible. So if we're being, you know, very careful and cautious about knowing the state of our flocks or our books or our financials, we should be focusing not on the minimum level of the state of our business, but the maximum level, which is what are my costs? What are my revenues? How am I doing? Like, this is a part that business owners tend to stay away from. Mm -hmm. And uh, because, you know, like most of them, they go into business because they're very good at either selling a product or selling a service, but they shy away from the accounting because the accounting is uh, the part that nobody really, you know, really enjoys. We do because, well, we're, we're warped, right? We like, we, we, we like accounting and tax, but um, for the, for most people who aren't, who aren't warped like us, you know, they're, they kind of shy away from it. Right. So you're so, saying the Bible says to be diligent with what we have. To be diligent to know the state of your flocks and your herds, right? So you need to know the state of your financials, the state of your business. You need to be cautious and careful yeah. about where it stands because riches don't last forever. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if I, you know, so as a Christian business owner, 
we should be looking and saying, listen, I, I know exactly what my business is doing. I know what my fan, I know what my revenues are. I know what my goals are. I know what my cost of goods are. I know what my operating expenses are. I know how much I need to take. I know a percentage I can save. I, you know, you have all these aspects of the financials of the business that are really, really important and, um, and, and neglected, not by everybody, but, but usually neglected because it's not where somebody has their strong suit. And um, I mean, I don't, I don't blame them for it, but, but we have resources uh, out there to make sure that that area, that we are diligent in that area. We have bookkeepers. Uh, I don't know how many small business owners I, kn I know of who don't even have a good bookkeeper, right? That's like almost number one. And then number two is even if you do have a bookkeeper or if you do it in yourself, it's analyzing this stuff, knowing the state of it, being diligent and mm -hmm. knowing where things stand. And this is often, yeah. and a lot of it's because what, they don't even know how to read them, right? Yeah, you're, you're going, you're going, you're, uh, maybe I'm getting ahead and, and you're saying that most business owners don't even know where they're at, whether it's five, 10 or 15%. No, not at all. I mean, if, if yeah. I said to, uh, I think the average business owner, um, if I were to say to them, you know, uh, is, is your, is your uh, profit margin at uh, 10%? I don't even think they know what that means. Right. And uh, it doesn't mean they're, they're not intelligent people. They most certainly are. You're, you're running mm -hmm. a business. You're, you're a normal human being. Of course, you're intelligent, but it's just an area they haven't focused on or taught themselves or learned. Yeah. And, um, you know, not everything is natural. Uh, I didn't just wake up one day and said, you know, as like a, I, I wasn't born, you know, as an infant and just started spitting out tax code, right? We had to learn these things. And a business owner needs to learn these things too. And if yeah. we're diligent, we're diligent to know the state of our flocks, the state of our books. We are making sure that we're learning how this stuff works, what these mean, you know, what our financials mean in our business. It is, it is so hard to evaluate how to adjust, fix, maintain your business if you don't know the true sense of its financials and it's probably uh you know we what do they say um eight and ten small businesses close in the first year mm -hmm. a lot of times if i ask them like you know well what did the financials look like they can't even tell me they have right. no idea all they know is they spent money on what i, I just stuff right yeah. and um yep. and there's a lot of help out there bookkeepers i mean you got to get a good, a good one because just like in every profession right there's there's bookkeepers there's good ones there's bad ones we get that um but we, we need to, you know, we, we've got to strive to make sure that if we're not going to do it, we have someone in our corner that can do it for us. And that helps us understand what that is. I mean, we, we do that service for a lot of our clients. We, um, what would you say? Like good 20% of our clients, we, we, we do their bookkeeping services for them. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And what do we do? We then, uh, what monthly, quarterly, whatever they need, we, we sit down, we go over their financials with them, help them understand what we see, why we see it this way. And, yep. um, and help them, you know, instead of just handing them a sheet of paper that says, here's a whole bunch of numbers, we actually go through it with people because mm -hmm. we want them to have that understanding. Because when you have that understanding, what happens when you have that understanding? You know, how to, you know how to make adjustments. You know how to maintain. You know how to do something with it that needs to be due. You know how to reach your goals better if you have an understanding of what's going on. Yeah. So All right. I got on my, I got on my soapbox a little bit about that because, uh, that one always, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, you're, you're talking, you're talking about people that don't have good financials and the case needs to be made that they need to be investing in the accounting operation to even have financials. And yeah, you I know find, the thought process is out there. What's that? The thought process by, by a lot of small business owners is, Hey, I, I, uh, I don't make any money by doing accounting. So I'm not going yeah. to invest in that area. But the reality is 
you you make a lot of money in accounting because when you're focused on your finance your business financials you're able to see where to make cuts where to save taxes where so believe it or not you actually make money by oh, paying yeah. attention to your financials absolutely so so i'll give you a good a good example right so i have a lot of construction companies and there's a couple of them that refuse to invest in the accounting department they refuse they want to outsource it you know pay 500 bucks a month and you know make make their wife or their daughter do their accounting and uh it doesn't work out it doesn't work they're not investing the appropriate amount of resources into the accounting function and what happens is he just keeps buying more trucks to do more construction and then he comes to the realization that his financials are not accurate and he's not making the most of the sales that he does have by keeping costs down and keeping them in the, the right ranges you could buy trucks all day long and keep doing more business but if you're not taking home the correct percentage of gross margin you're going to be right back where you were no matter how many trucks you added so really he needs to invest in the accounting function and if you do have financials, right? So, so now most businesses have some sort of PL that they can go to, whether right. it's profit and loss statement, right? Yes, a profit and loss statement. Most do. And that's what I was getting at earlier today. That if you do have a PL in front of you, what's the gross? What's the profit? What's the profit? Is the profit a hundred grand on a million dollars? But what's your salary? What what is what do you need to pay your bills? If you need a hundred to pay your bills, your business isn't really profitable. I know that that Jeff and Ryan are not in the business of accounting to just pay their bills. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You could go get a job. The stress, the anxiety, the things you have to deal with as a business owner, it's just not worth it to pay your bills. So I, I invite, you know, business owners out there to take a look at your PL. And is it a million? Do you, did you make a hundred thousand dollars on a million bucks? That's 10%. But if you pay yourself a hundred grand every single year, your business didn't make any profit. So that's the accounting equation that I really want to hammer home is that it's gross sales minus your cost of goods sold, minus your operating overhead, which includes a salary for you to pay your bills. What's left after that? That's the five, 10 and 15% conversation. So number one, you need to be diligent in, and getting financials to begin with investing in the accounting operation. As Jeff said, that most business owners don't even have financials that make sense that they can actually look at and find out if they're five, well, 10 or 15%. Let's, let's speak about diligence for a second. And it basically means to be, you know, careful and persistent in work or your effort. It, it means to be really putting a lot of effort into what you do and, uh, and be careful about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of times I think this, this one little tiny area gets, gets overlooked and we're like commanded as Christians, we're commanded to be diligent in what we do. It's necessary, first of all, but we're also commanded. I mean, we got Proverbs 22, 29, that speaks about it. Genesis 3, 17 through 19, I think, talks about it. Romans 12, 11 talks about it. Thessalonians talk, you know, so there's so many places in the Bible where we could find that we are commanded to be diligent in our work, in our business. And that's an area where, you know, we're, we're 
we as Christians and as business owners sometimes lose sight of is that we're so busy trying to make money or make sales that we're not careful about how we conduct our business or take care of our business. Remember, we talked about this in our first podcast, the, you know, the foundations, which is understanding what we're really doing. And we are stewards of what God has given us, right? It is a blessing to, to have a business. God has given us a business. It is a blessing. We are stewards of that business. So if you are stewards of that business and you understand that we have to answer to, to God for this, then you also have to understand we, because we have to answer for it, we need to be diligent in every aspect of what we do. And a major part of that diligence is understanding the financials. And um, I mean, we could have this podcast and talk about, right, how to read each line item of your profit and loss statement, how to, how to know what's an asset or a liability or an expense. I mean, we can go through like debits and credits and all that really, you know. You might fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, we'll fall asleep. The truth matters we don't we don't need to go over that right we don't need to educate everybody on every piece of it we just need you to understand that you need to be diligent and start learning about it or have someone who or hire someone like a bookkeeper who can or an accountant that can help you with this area and teach you as you go is there a cost to it absolutely there's a cost to everything we do but we're called to be stewards of what god has given us right because it's not ours we are called to be stewards so it is up to us to be diligent about the way our business runs, about every aspect of our business. We want to be a good representation. And, and I just think that's so important. And again, we're not going to sit here all day long and say, because again, Al, you know, we're talking about profit margin and I'm not sure everybody knows even what that is. I mean, that's, that's your, that's your business expenses. Uh, I'm sorry. That's the amount that's uh, left over after you take your, your gross sales and you subtract out your business expenses. That's a really, really short, condensed, easy way of saying that's what your profit is. And, um, and that's, that's what you have to work with. But there's a whole lot more information that goes on before you even get to that number. And, um, and understanding all, everything else that happens before then is essential. So you know, if you're, if you're struggling with that, which I think most small business owners are, if they're struggling with that, like, you, you've gotta take steps to, to, to fix that. So what, what could you, what could you do, Ryan, what could you, what steps could you take to have better financials and better record keeping? What do you see that the business owners kind of, well, it's just missed the mark on. It's just staying on top of it. And, and from, from what I see, you know, clients aren't staying adamant on top of their record keeping and doing their due diligence in terms of doing their weekly, monthly reconciliations or, even really doing any analysis on their financial statements. Um, one thing I typically like to recommend is either doing forecasting for future revenues and expenses or budgetary analysis. Are you, do you mean creating some goals? Yeah, essentially. Oh, and not just, you know, set, set standards for yourself. In yeah. terms. Essentially create goals, give yourself a task. And if you, you aren't meeting that, essentially do some analysis on yeah. why you're not meeting those standards that you're setting for yourself. Hold yourself accountable, essentially. Yeah. You can't hold yourself accountable if you don't know where you are. You know what? You know what I would suggest, and um, uh, I just came across a group that um, I'm kind of talking to about um, because, like, we own business, right? So um, I don't pretend to be the the, the know it all. Uh, I know a lot, but I, there's just so much more I still have to learn and gain experience. Humble brag. On. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> humble brag, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the truth of the matter is, could you imagine if business owners? got together with other business owners and said, here's the state of my business. 
and we actually worked together to help analyze how it uh, how it all worked together. So if if I got a weakness, I got someone else in my corner that can help me analyze and do this maybe monthly, quarterly, and really just help other business owners with their strengths and weaknesses and their finances. Uh, that would actually be, first of all, that would be kind of cool. But it's I, I don't understand why we don't do that at all. Well, I work with a lot of franchises, and the franchises have these resources. They have mastermind groups. They have uh, franchise consultants that go out to the businesses and talk about their financials and teach them, you know, what's the appropriate gross margin percentage for their business? What's the what? Where where should they be? They do benchmarking for them. The problem is, is the, not everybody's a franchise, and not everybody should be a franchise. So, so I guess what it it takes is is getting some of these things that the franchises have and creating them for yourself because you can you don't need to be part of a franchise to get this type of of support i uh i feel i feel like a, a huge light bulb went off over my head and said um you know i'm just saying why don't we do that well yeah why don't we do this why don't we create this then why don't we create a platform for yeah. business owners to come together and be able to analyze you know and, and help each other out i think uh, i think we should put that on our to-do list because we don't have enough already so we yeah. had, uh, no, I agree. It's 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 business coaching. Um, you know, well, we, I think it's we, more more like a what I'm seeing is more accountability, right? So it's like mm -hmm. um, uh, it would be like saying, "Hey, Al, you have your business. Um, Jeff, I have my business. Ryan, you have your business. Let's all get together once a month or once a quarter and really kind of go through our goals and our business financials and help each other understand and see things that that the other might not see and uh, help each other grow. I mean, I. Isn't that what we're kind of supposed to do? Yeah, absolutely. So we really, as accountants, as a whole in the industry, need to do a better job of coaching our clients. So I'm going to say this. Anybody who listens to this, I'm going to throw it out there. Anybody who listens to this podcast, right? If you think that's a good idea, I want you to email us. And uh, I'll give you my email address. It's jchaney, so it's J-C-H-E-N-E-Y, at Edwards ingram.com and i want you to email me and say jeff that's an excellent idea i think we should move forward with this and we'll start creating some groups make his day email him yes that's a that's a shameless plug though isn't it <laughs> <laughs> make his day email him yeah i think it's a great idea i think we we need accountability partners for um you know at my church we have uh we have a group called uh transforming disciples and it's really great because we've broken it down into small groups of three to four people. And they're my accountability partners. They are the ones that know a lot about me and they know what I struggle with. And they know, you know, a, a little text. They'll shoot me every once in a while. Hey, Al, how you doing? Are you still struggling with that? Is, is everything okay? Well, you know, you know what I, you know what I hear a lot of Al <clears throat> as you're saying that? And, and I get this from a lot of people. And I think sometimes I fall into this trap too. Well, it's my private life. You know, I, I don't want anybody to think less of me. I don't want anybody to think like, you know, I, I don't have it all together. And and when I'm doing this, I, you know, I, I got to keep it to myself because God forbid somebody actually know anything about me, right? And I, I, I think a lot of people fall into that trap. Um, I know I do a lot. I try to do a lot of things uh, by myself and I forget to ask sometimes. So we, we have to well, we basically have to just get that out of our heads. So that's just nonsense. It's just pure nonsense. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pride thing. I can handle it on my own. 
All right, thank I you. Got for it. Me I got pride issues, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Right. Yeah, I think I think we gotta we got we gotta as a community of business owners and accountants, we gotta come together and start looking at our business financials and start being more diligent with what we do have. And and Jim Rohn, he's a I'm a big Jim Rohn guy. He always says, How do you not know where it all goes? How do you not know? And people say things like Oh, when I'm a bigger business and I have more resources, I'll know where it all goes. How can you have a how can you have that perspective when if you don't know where your small business is at, how are you going to man manage a much much bigger business? People say things to themselves like that. And it's just I I say it all the time. And oh, when we're bigger, I'll I'll, I'll have more resources and I'll have more accountants and I'll have more uh resources at my disposal to keep track of everything. That's a bold faced lie. As there's you a, get bigger, it gets harder. There's a, isn't there a Bible verse on that? That says, um, you know, you need to be first trusted with the little things before you can handle the, the bigger things. Exactly. So exactly. if you can't, if, if you can't handle the little things, um, how, how is God going to be able to entrust you with the, the bigger things? Uh, so where does know, it start? And, and look, we, we get it right. We are, we're business owners. Actually, you know what? I want to pick on Ryan for a minute. Oh boy! Because, um, right, good luck, Ryan. Um, because you know, Ryan, you're still fairly young. You're like what, five? Um, uh, twenty-eight. <laughs> twenty-eight. And, and you know, you've been an employee for most of your um, short adult career, and you're now a business owner. And uh, I know it's 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 not been that long, but you know, the good thing is you've been like in a, in the accounting world, right? So, so you've you've been faced with uh, what eight years of just helping people with their books and records and doing taxes. Mm -hmm. And now, now you're an owner in a business and you've had to kind of make a shift for uh, not only helping others, but, but kind of even handling it yourself. And, um, and so you're getting that kind of point of view of, well, geez, I'm not just an employee anymore. I'm a business owner. So I don't know, like what, what are the differences you see like right off the bat where you're kind of like, all right, I, I gotta, I gotta worry about this now. I gotta worry about that now. Like, like, it's a dramatic difference going from the employee mentality of oh, nine to five, you know, clock out and my day's done. Um, when you are a business owner, you have to wear so many different hats as opposed to an employee. You know, you are responsible for a lieu of things um, in addition to, you know, your day to day responsibilities of operating a firm. So one thing I like to do is, again, set tasks for myself, whether it's daily, whether it's weekly or even monthly basis, um, hold myself accountable and, and stick to those tasks. Because if I'm not getting them done at the end of the day, they're not going to get done. And that's just going to hurt. hurt the isn't it, isn't it um, like you and I, we just had a conversation with two days ago, right? Where you came in my office and we said, Hey, let's, let's go over the books real quick. Mm -hmm. And you know, that normally doesn't happen when you're an employee, but we started going through like some of the analysis and uh, again, I mean, I, kn I know you're used to seeing this stuff because you deal with a lot of other businesses because that's what we do for a living. But, you know, wasn't it wasn't it very interesting to see how it works for us and how we have to analyze our own books and records and not only make sense of it, but then determine like how we're going to handle it going forward? Oh, absolutely. You know, and this is what we encourage all our clients to be doing is those monthly analysis at a bare minimum, you know, have your books and records in order and actually do analysis. You know, whether you're not meeting your profit margins that you're setting for yourself, whether you have 
additional expenditures that you weren't forecasting for. You know, you, these are things that everyone needs to analyze on a monthly basis at a bare minimum. Otherwise, you're going to look down the road six months from now and say, oh, what the heck? Why did we fall so far behind on our profit margin or something along those lines? Yeah, I, I, um, <clears throat> I kind of laugh because uh, so, so Ryan and, and Al, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm always kind of whenever we have our financials going right i'm always like we don't have enough money we're not going to survive one's a pessimist one's an optimist yeah and and it's like completely opposite mostly mostly i'm pragmatic and and usually everything i do but when it comes to finances i'm always i'm always uh i would say overly cautious about our cash flow because i do understand that you know riches can go away in just a second i mean how many businesses uh had to deal with uh, covid and shut down and you know that wasn't expected at all. And no. a lot they're of talking, people... they're talking new shutdowns. Yeah, New yeah, York City. This also just goes back to Al's point earlier about that profit uh, margin analysis. And if you're hitting that five percent margin, you're you're uh, you're you're in trouble if a situation like this arises, which it can easily happen at any time. Yeah, it's 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 scary because um, I mean we do have some clients that uh, they weren't prepared for it. Not that they weren't prepared for it, but they just. I mean, I think I think most of them that we deal with are prepared for at least a few months of of issues. I don't think anybody anticipated to be going on, you know, uh, three quarters of a year at this point. And now we're we're even rolling back again, and you know, there's talk of it even going back even further. Uh, I, I don't think it needs to get to that point, but you know, obviously, I'm an accountant. Um, it's it's, uh, it's above my pay grade to make those uh, medical decisions. On what makes them makes the most sense for our, you know, for for people's health and the economy, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, we have to be prepared because riches can go away, snap of a finger. Let's talk about that. What do we need to be prepared for if there's another shutdown? What do we need to do? I would say the best thing to do is uh, get in the fetal position and cry. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm totally kidding. Um, sorry, I, I joke around when it's uh, when when I need to. Probably a little too much. But, you know, what do we need to do? We need to plan. We need to ask ourselves that serious question. What do we, you know, what do we need to do? What should we be focused on? Uh, we've seen, look, I've seen a lot of people really, really do very well in this environment. Um, so maybe it's, maybe it's thinking about, hey, if there's a complete shutdown, what can I prepare for now to maybe either go in a different direction, um, maybe set aside. You know, there's a lot of different avenues for, for what you can or can't do, but you've got a plan. You can't ignore it. Ignorance is not bliss. Um, ignorance is stupidity. I mean, I hate to be that frank about it, but ignorance is stupidity. Um, you you need to you need to have a, a clear plan. Um, I would you know I listen if we're if we're children of God, we're we're praying and we're seeking you know God's guidance on everything that we need to do. And sometimes that means we've got to like start praying a little bit in advance for things that maybe aren't even there yet, right? I mean, we know that COVID is an issue. We know that the government could shut us down. So how much is everybody praying to say, hey, God, you know, take care of us, but which, of course, he will. But show me different paths. If, if I need to know a different path, make it clear to me. Right. Are we are really praying in that direction and being being ready and listening to what God has to say to us about uh, where to where to steer? Because, you know, God's allowed this covid to happen for a very specific reason. And we can't just shut off listening to him to, you know, to understand the situation. That's that's when we really need to tune in. Um, because there's times where he could be telling us, you need to go in a different direction and I'm setting it up for you, but you need to hear me and you need to follow. Um, lots of different avenues. 
definitely a lot of different avenues to go. I think that if you do not have three to six months in cash reserves coming into another flu season, you need to start thinking about you just maybe some to different call it COVID, don't you? What's that? You just refuse to call it COVID, don't you? I don't know. <laughs> it's they just had a guy, they just I saw something on the news. A guy on a farm by himself hasn't left his farm in two years. He got COVID and he's really had no contact with the world. And and what we what we're learning and what we've always known about viruses is that they can sit dormant in you for years and then show themselves. So I don't know how new COVID is. Um, but anyway, well, if I you don't that's... have three to six months in expenses, if you don't have three to six months in cash reserves to weather the storm. Jeff, how many people have we seen now that are becoming millionaires in this COVID market where they've shifted themselves and they're now selling products that are necessary to survive in the new pandemic age? Whether they're selling ventilators, whether they're selling PPE, neck gaiters, I can't tell you how many people are coming through our doors. They got a million dollars in profit and they need us to help them save on taxes. Yeah. I mean, listen, whenever there's times of distress, there's also great times of opportunity. You know, I think, I think it's, it's common for a good portion of people to see times of distress and panic and kind of crawl up into a little ball. But, you know, as Christians, like we have faith, right? We know God's going to take care of us one way or another. And if, if it's our time to die, it's our time to die. Um, I hate to say that so bluntly, but like we shouldn't fear. Um, we shouldn't have fear. Uh, that doesn't mean we're, we, we throw all caution to the wind, but it means we, we don't need to fear what's going to happen because we know we're taken care of. In that respect, um, when there's times of distress, we need to, we need to see the opportunities in there. Um, you know, I've seen how many churches close down, right? First of all, that's a whole other topic. That's bothered me. Um, I, I can't believe that uh, uh, most of them have closed down and, you know, without even like a whimper. Um, but I'm not going to go down on that. I'm not going to go stand on that soapbox right now. But, you know, the point is there's, there's, there's opportunity out there and you need to look for it and look for where God is moving, right? Uh, I mean, Jesus says he knows, he knows what to do because he sees his father doing it. Well, we need to be the same way, right? We're supposed to be like Jesus and seeing the same way. We need to be paying attention to what our father's doing and uh and watching and listening and seeing the opportunities and everything because god presents us with plenty of opportunities we probably miss 99.9 percent of them uh, because we're just not tuned in well enough um, that's not everybody obviously but um but that's what we need to focus i think a lot on and 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 be aware of that yeah so to sum up today's podcast it took a different I, direction didn't it it always does <laughs> it always does so what are some action steps for business owners today to, number one, take control of their financials, right? Number one, that's that's number one, taking control of your financials to know where you're at. What, what are some action steps that the business owners can do today to get in more control of their their flock? What, what can they do? Let's, let's, let's give three. We'll each give one. Ryan, you, you give one, Al, you give one, and then I'll give one. Okay. Go ahead, Ryan. You're up first. It's got got to be uh, being diligent in terms of doing your analysis on your financial statements. You know, how do they do that? Get a good. How sense. do they analyze their financials? 
whether it's looking at profit margins, whether it's looking at, you know, budgetary comparisons, anything along those lines to really get a sense of here's my my goal for the month. And if you deviate from that goal, figure out why you deviated from that goal, whether your sales weren't, you know, were under or, or coming in under or, you know, you had some unexpected expenditures, you know, just just really dive into the analysis of your financial statements. All right. So what I heard you say was set some goals and then and then analyze or uh, match your fi- match your actual results against those expectations. Exactly. Hold yourself accountable. I'm going to dovetail off of that. And I'm going to say, first of all, you need to hire a very astute bookkeeper that is willing to hold you accountable to those budgetary goals that you've made for yourself, to your margin goals that you made yourself. Hire someone who's going to do more than just report it. Someone who's going to meet with you on a regular basis and hold you accountable. That's that's my two cents. Okay, so we've got set goals and and budgets and match expectations against those. Um, and then two, hire hire someone who's going to help um, help you understand who's going to keep track of your books and help you understand them and keep you accountable and keep you accountable. M- mine mine is now I'm gonna I'm gonna dovetail off of that one because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we got a little theme going here, right? So mine is, uh, I would say, find a group of uh, Christian business owners who would like to um, get together and work together to hold each other accountable with their financials and go. I think we started. Other- I think we're starting a group. Uh, I would like that. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do that shameless plug again. If you yep. think that idea, there we go. Uh, if you think it's a good idea, email jchaney at edwardsingram.com. And you'll be on the list for that group that we start. Yeah, I think, uh, listen, I'm going to say it. Uh, I think it's a good idea. There, there's actually um, there's actually some groups out there that already do that. Let's um, start our own. Yeah, but we, we could, we could number one, start our own and we could help. Um, listen, if you, if you are struggling to find like a good bookkeeper, Edwards Ingram, we help people with that. We have a really excellent bookkeeping department. Um, we help business owners um, figure out how to analyze and, and um, uh, their books, and then also save money on taxes. Um, you know, we're a we're a one stop shop for when it comes to business uh, um, analysis and taxes, and and we we kind of pride ourselves in the work that we do because we go above and beyond the, the typical CPA firm. Uh, we probably do way more than we we probably should, but um, but we really care. Um, that's the one thing we always say is that we really care about our clients. Um, I love all of my clients. Well, maybe not all of them, but I should love all my clients. Um, but you know, we we do the we do the we we go above and beyond because we understand that we have to be stewards, and part of the steward part of stewarding is not only what we're giving us, so we've got to entrust our finances and our books and our records, but it's also being steward with the clients that we have, and we know that those clients came to us because God has given us those clients, and we have a role to fulfill for them, which is uh, helping them with their needs, but then also you know, helping bring the, the kingdom of God to them in a way that, you know, will, if they're not, if they're not believers, will help them start to question a little bit and, and maybe seek. And uh, we should all be thinking that way as Christian business owners. Um, do we always do a great job? No, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes I fall really, really short. Um, but I'm human and I, you know, I wake up following day. That's a gift and, and trudge forward. Okay. Well said. Well said. This has been fun. Uh, once again, we, 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 we come up with a topic, we kind of relate it back to the Bible and, uh, because we want people to understand that that's, that's where our foundation comes from is from God and what he has to say about how to run our businesses. 
And that's why we created Jesus Does My Taxes. Thank you for listening to Jesus Does My Taxes, brought to you by Edwards Ingram. If you have any tax or business-related questions, please feel free to reach out to us at edwardsingram.com. A reminder, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Please rate us five stars and leave us a little review. Your feedback is always appreciated and it helps us as well. Talk to you next time.